Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I'm Clint Emerson, and welcome to Can You Survive This Podcast, where the interview is just as dangerous as the scenarios I put my guests through. From hostage situations to natural disasters, carjackings, active shooters, and more, if you're looking for the skills necessary to survive these situations, then this is the show for you. Hey, thank you for listening to another episode of Can You Survive This Podcast, where the interviews are scary and the scenario is scarier. Today, today, today we have a United States Marine Corps combat veteran turned private security professional, CEO, Bravo Research Group, a published author and holds a master's in the science of psychology. I want to welcome Byron Rogers to the show. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Boom. It's an honor. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. I know. I know we uh, we planned some stuff a long time ago, and I probably was the one that dropped the ball on it. I can't remember, but it's usually me because I think if I have anything that goes on post-military, that would be like P you know, PSD, TBI shit that I've been diagnosed. It's like, I'll forget things or I dropped the ball. It's probably my fault. Um, I blame it on whatever memory issues I've got or, or more importantly, like sometimes I have days where I just don't feel like doing anything and I, <laughs> and I don't. And then and you get to, you and get to. I, <laughs> yeah. And then I go, fuck. Uh, you know, a week's gone by and I didn't respond to a whole bunch of people. And then I figure, well, if it's important, they'll, they'll hit me back up. But anyway, it's good to finally connect with you, man. hundred percent. It's an honor. Yeah. To get us up, to get us uh, warmed up, let's do a little rapid fire. I'm going to give you two options. You pick the first one that comes to mind, and then we're going to circle back around and talk about the why, because everybody should have a why. All right. This is awesome. This is already exciting. And like, <laughs> this is riveting. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? This is oh, good. yeah. Good. It's going to be fun. All right. Ready? Let's send it. Okay. We'll send it. Run or fight? 
run. All right. California or anywhere else? <laughs> anywhere is real broad, my man. Anywhere is real broad. Let's go Cali, baby. Let's go Cali. Oh, you're still going to pick it. Okay. Devil dog or service dog? Devil dog. <laughs> Hard oh. devil dog on that. <laughs> All right. Superman or Batman? Batman. Batman, all right. <laughs> War or peace? Peace, peace, yeah. peace, peace. Get shot or get stabbed? <laughs> get shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd go with that one. Okay. Run or row? I'm still running, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, sit or stand? Stand. Crimple or fold? What is it? Crinkle or fold? Yeah. Crimple or fold? Fold. Fold. Okay. And then protect people or protect places? Um, hmm. <laughs> people. 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 All right. Okay. That's all 10 of them. See, that wasn't too bad. All right. Coming back to the top. Run versus fight. You pick run. And, uh, yes. you know... Sometimes ego gets in the way and people pick fight. But yeah, you picked run. And I think that's smart because increased distance increases survivability. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, 100%, man. Um, there's a lot of chance in combat. I, I want to avoid it at all costs. One of our emblems has a warrior with a tear in his eye because we don't want to do war. But we must be good at war as long as they're evil people. Um, so I avoid war, confrontation, violence at all costs. But you know, we know we're good at it. And if I run, I can pick the next time to fight, gain tactical advantages. And I don't like to fight. I'll end the fight is what I'm going for. So. That's right. I like it, man. That's good stuff. I appreciate that, too. Uh, California versus anywhere else. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in <laughs> Texas. We have a lot of California moving into Texas right now. Everyone's yeah. trying to escape that state. So I just wanted to see where you stood with it. But you're right. Yeah. Anywhere else, there are places probably worse than California. So I'll give you that. 100%. I like the, Go ahead. But how dedicated are you really to California? I mean, do you feel it oh. being, uh, you know, former military uh, security guy? I'm guessing you probably have more right beliefs than left. So where do yeah. you, where, yeah. I mean, so how do you feel about it? Yeah, 100%. Like I, I, you know, I've had a good time in Cali. The reason I'm in Cali is because most of my client demographics here is where the money is, where the contracts are. Um, but I would love to be an American again <laughs> instead yeah. of a Californian. And, <laughs> you know, if, and when my books change and families move to different states, I'm, I'm, I intend on leaving, starting a farm, becoming an American again. I, I have my training companies in, in AZ, so I'm getting my citizenship, I like to call it, out yeah. there. But anywhere <laughs> else, I have seen 70 countries, and I know yeah, <laughs> yeah. places worse than Cali. So the enemy I know, I love. You know. Yeah. Uh, great points. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, California, I mean, really, it's the only state. I mean, you, even compared to all the East Coast states, um, I mean, you can be in the mountains within yep. l not hours, within an hour, mm -hmm. or you can be at the beach within an hour. 
I mean, it's phenomenal. And that's pretty much up and down the entire state. You know, you can it's a beautiful state. It's just unfortunately managed just by like the wrong principles and ideas and ideologies. It's crazy. Literally bad guys from like Gotham City really literally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, All right. And that leads in perfect. That's perfect timing. Superman versus Batman. You pick Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like superheroes that are like killable um, because I look at being a a protector as something that you can die. And I like to just I like to really be as realistic as possible about it. Um, I like Batman uses his resources and, you know, he's born a man like everyone else, but he learned to leverage his resources to become something. I never been really that amazing at everything. I'm like five, nine, two forty, like. You know, I was never the fastest runner in my platoon, was never the best football player on my team, but I still had, I found relative success with a lot of things. My brands, you know, I work with giants um, and facilitate amazing training opportunities. And a lot of that is on the backs of these guys that are way more amazing than me. So I'm one of those guys, it's all about, let's consolidate these assets and let's create something that we can be of great service um through a team so one man is 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 not too much of a powerful force i'm the guy that wants to organize a force of humans that are bound together by a vision and and i think batman's closer to that you know he he's gone through his struggles and he's become someone who's an asset to those that he seeks to serve so whereas superman just has all the superpowers man it's like a bunch of dudes sat down and they're like yo let's just come up with a dude they can do everything and it'll be great <laughs> you know and i'm like come on man i was kind of no. like of course you have lasers coming out of your eyes <laughs> yeah i do like your points it's a man and, and a man that with a with a mission uh, especially a mission if he feels like it's worth dying for is always a uh, better option than the invincible person. But I did grow up like hooked on Superman. And yeah. I mean, it influenced me that whole, I mean, I remember the, the, the first $3 in pennies that I saved, I went to the 7-Eleven by my shithole apartment my parents lived in and spent all those pennies on a, on the very first when the very first superman came out with christopher reeves mm-hmm. i spent all it was it was two dollars and 99 cents for this like picture magazine of nothing but superman shit right superman. and i was hooked on mm-hmm. him i was hooked on and then when uh calvin what's his name the brit played superman i was like dude this guy man of steel and all, all that whole franchise with him I was like, that dude, that's a fucking, that guy's playing Superman the way it's supposed to be. I mean, he was fucking badass. Um, Anyway, okay. Uh, War versus peace. You pick peace, and it's probably for the same reason for run versus fight. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, War is a tool. I've seen it. I've lost friends to it. And I, at all costs, want to avoid any kind of war. Uh, That's why, like, one of my taglines is man of peace. You know, man of peace, everything that we do, even becoming great warriors is in an effort to protect and to to be able to bring the order of peace to our lives and our loved ones. That's the goal that we we train to be able to serve and provide uh, those who we care about with. And I've seen war and all these people I, I run into sometimes patriots that are like, man, we win at this kind of fight or that kind of fight. or We got guns. And I'm like, homie, there's a war already going on, you know, uh, yeah. without a single round fire. We're about to lose everything. Uh, if you think this is going to be about rifles and things like that, you're missing the actual war. 
And I, I, I don't really see a good reason why men can't sit down at a table and say, hey, dude, I don't want all the dudes in my tribe to die. I don't want the dudes in your tribe to die. Everybody loses in war. You might probably lose more. But like, can we talk about this? You know, and so, you know, yeah. other than money, money is the reason. <laughs> in my oh, opinion. Yeah. So I want to avoid war at all costs. But we train to be good at these things because sometimes they become necessary. Yeah. And it's, yeah. You know, yeah. No, I like it. And, uh, you know, peace is obviously everyone prospers. Everyone's happy. Um, yeah. You're not you're only dealing with the deaths that are natural instead of, you know, uh, premature ones. And and then. Yeah. One more thing, too, like every single day that I get to go home to my family, sleep in bed with my family. I'm not on watch waiting for other humans to try to kill me. I got to try not <laughs> that because there's so much ease and comfort around me. Like. Yeah. Man, when you know what we've been through and, you know, like what guys right now we're on posts somewhere hating life we're going through, like, absolutely not. Like I have running water and power and like, you know what I mean? I'm not looking at the sky every time I hear something. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. yeah. I hope my children, I hope no one ever has experienced it again. Right. <clears throat> I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, shot versus stabbed. You pick shot. That's definitely, I'd rather, if you've done any knife work, <laughs> you quickly choose being shot than being yeah. sliced apart. Yeah. Easier to yeah. stop and it's cooler. You know what I'm saying? It's way cooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, I guess it kind of depends on the stab wounds. They could look cool. Scars oh, are cool. It depends on placement, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, I don't know. Yeah. If I'm going to take some damage, you know, I don't know. I just, it's just cool. We do it for the gram. We do it for the gram. That's right. There you go. <laughs> um, run versus row. Uh, you picked run. You know, most people do. I don't know too many people. You know, the people will post them rowing, post themselves in a row machine. And I'm always like, that just looks, I do it too, but I would never post it because I don't, I'd rather, I'd rather run. You know, yeah, rowing well, to me is just a nightmare. I didn't know if we were, I thought we were talking about survival. If we're talking about cardio, I'd rather row, man. <laughs> no, we're talking about like cardio. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'll get that upper body going and, you know, I don't, yeah they're interchangeable, but I still, I still rather row if I got to stay in one place and do it. Um, and I feel like my upper body feels way more. Oh, uh, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now if we're yeah. thinking survival, the fact that I'm in the ocean uh, and, and contrary to, you know, the norm, <laughs> I was born in the Bahamas. So I actually can swim. You know, I, grew up <laughs> I didn't know black people in America didn't usually swim till I got to the Marine Corps. And we went in the tank and all my buddies were drowning. And I was like, guys, 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 you're yeah. making us look bad. But uh, yeah. no, I, it's just being in a, in a boat in the middle of water is like, you're still pretty vulnerable and running. I can, I can, you know, do a lot more. Yeah. You know? No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's more of, yeah, that was more of a fitness question. Cause uh, rowing and rowing and running are usually, it's one of the two that's dreaded the most by a lot of folks, you know, yeah. and, uh, the runners, people that don't like to run, they usually row and people that don't like to row usually run. I'm a runner and rowing just is boring for me. Um, <laughs> I like going somewhere and yeah. feeling like I'm going somewhere. Whereas with rowing, unless it's actually rowing in some canal with some fancy boat, then no, um, sit or stand. You pick stand. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, I think my body's in a much more powerful position when I'm standing. If I get a bit a serious call, I'll stand up and walk around. Um, I, I just feel so much more in a strong position structurally. I have more options. 
Um, I just feel better standing. Um, you know, I've had times where I've had to sit for long periods of time and believe it or not, like even after getting blown up and all the stuff and, and football and stuff, like sitting will break you. Like I had a two hour drive to Calabasas, two and a half hour drive to Calabasas for a client for a few years. And I don't even know if you could pay me to do the drive again, to be honest, because <laughs> I started having groin issues, my lower, like everything started tightening up, like yeah. lower back, like there's studies about how sitting kills you. I, I hate feeling sedentary, you know? So I have a stand up desk, you know, I hit the up button while I'm working a lot. Um, I think, yeah, man, I like to stand hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I, starting with the last things you said, I did a road trip for combat edition where I went around to all the guys that were experts in different fields and collected skills from them to put the book together. And um, that was 30 days straight, 11,000 miles. And I did 17 stops. So you can tell like I was mostly driving and not sleeping. And then when I wasn't driving, I was interviewing and recording and doing what I did. You turn um, into but, a field doctor, man. But, <laughs> yeah. But by the time I was done, my hip flexors were gone. My knees were gone. I ended up having two cysts in both knees. So because of the 90 degree angles, because synovial fluid kept producing and had no place to go while I was sitting for that entire month. And to the, it took me two years to finally get to the point where I could go, go for a run again. It was, but I had Baker cysts form in, in both joints and who would have thought? from sitting and driving for a month straight. Um, yeah. But sit and stand. I always throw zingers in here because it's fun. But sit or stand actually applied to the question of what do you do when you wipe your ass? Sit or stand? So this now applies to the next one you said, which is probably the answer stays the same. Crimple <laughs> or fold? You picked fold. That's so how do you tr how do you treat your toilet paper? <laughs> I mean, I'm a crimple guy when it comes to <laughs> you know. I thought this was like a deep psychology question. Uh, Pretty close, mind, it is. Yeah, like, no, it is. It really is. I mean, you like, can tell a lot. It's really deep. It goes real deep. No, I was, I was, uh, <laughs> no, I was thinking like the. For me, a fold represents maintenance of order. You know, so if I. If something that's breaking down, I would rather have it fold because then I can dictate, you know, like if I choose to surrender, if I choose to give my life, if I choose to be a martyr, if I choose to fold, that's different than being crushed, you know? And so yeah. that's yeah, how yeah. my little... I love you know, it. There's your psychology. There's your psychology yeah, degree. But fold, I mean, it, it, even though it might be, they, there is psychology attached to how people treat their toilet paper when they're wiping their ass. Because the fold piece is usually somebody's a little more organized, a little more obsessive about things. Like when I take, you know how when you get a straw and it's got the, it's got that that cardboard or whatever the paper tube yeah. around to protect. What do you call that? What do you call it? Yeah, it's the, the, thing sleeve. That, oh, the sleeve. The sleeve. There, there you go. Sleeve. Yeah, sleeve. A sleeve. I literally take that. I fold it in half lengthwise. Then I fold it in half again. Then I fold it yep. in half again. Then I fold yeah. it in half again. Where some people just push it straight down and yeah. crumple it all up at the bottom. You know, uh -huh. and I used to do that when I was a kid. You crumple it all up, you put it on the table, then you add a drop, drop of water to it, and it starts growing like a worm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, I f- folding to me, you can tell a lot, right? So when you ask somebody, do you sit, stand, crimple, or fold? There's a lot of psychology in that, and you could probably do a whole whole podcast on it since you have a master's in it. <laughs> I All right. It. Now, do you judge people if you see them crinkling their straw? <laughs> well, I mean, you could. You could. You, could, you, you could make judge. a judgment call. Yeah. I, uh, uh, you know, that's a I mess. That list. person's a mess. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I take the collar and I make a little like necktie. Like I tear a finger piece from the top. I bring yeah. it around and then I slide it perfectly off. And it makes me happy. Just that little bit of order. And you're and talking then, about a straw, right? Yeah, we're talking about a straw. About a straw. <laughs> and then All if right. it's for someone else, you get the nice top part and they see you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's your next cocktail party. Ask ask people, hey, do you sit, stand, crimple, or fold? And you'll know right. everything you need to know. All right. Last one was protect people or pl- protect places. Um, because people that work security, I mean, you know, you never know what you're actually protecting. And so you pick people. It took you a minute, though. Yeah, my brain was flip-flopping back and forth. When it comes to security, Yeah, I have, in many cases, enjoyed protecting places more. Yeah, because you're not dealing with the wishy-washiness of a human. Like you wore a gray shirt today, I don't like you. Right. Go away. <laughs> like, like yeah. you're not dealing with like, or or you know. more likely, and you you will be able to verify this as we dig in deep. And anybody who's lived a little bit of the protection life, it's go. Can you get that door for me? Can you get that coffee for me? Right, hundred percent. It's a oh, service. Yeah. Yeah. Total service oriented uh, location. Whereas you're protecting a facility, it's like, oh, sweet, you know, access control, make sure everything's good, have your plans, and you just work with your team, which is like super awesome. But the reason I chose protect people is because I tried, you know, what's more valuable, what can make a bigger difference. Humans, humans are more, more valuable. So um, I would rather protect them. Yeah. Yeah, and I, if you'd worked in it long enough, I knew that one would be a good one for you just because, man, people can people are the problem. People, God bless them. <laughs> what ru- what, I'd say it all the time. What ruins security is is the human error. It's never the firewalls or the fence lines. It's always human error. Um, all right, cool. Well, you are surviving so far. Now we're going to dig into a little bit of you, your past. Um, so right off the bat, what story you got for me? What where have you been in an oh shit moment with some valuable lessons learned? Well, oh. I'd say the biggest I got a couple, but I'd say I'd start from probably the beginning. Uh, not the beginning. There was one when I was really young, but I'd say when I was in Iraq, 3-1 Lima Company Weapons Platoon, uh, my first deployment in oh five right after they got done with Fallujah just because anytime you tell a war story the trolls want to look up everything <laughs> all right guys so um, yeah. we let's see actually this was during my second deployment so this was 06 07 and um there was a situation where we had cleared uh from the we had cleared uh out to as far as kind of we would go through some cities and um, actually, this was from the Haditha Dam. So this was my first deployment. We cleared from the Haditha Dam out into the middle of the desert. And then we were going to set up shop out there. Now, of course, you don't know this as a young squad leader. You just get out there and um, one of the um, 
one of our, our platoon sergeants was just like, Rogers, get up to the top of that hill with your squad. And I was kind of like, you know, I was like, Roger that good to go, sir. So we go to get up to the top of this hill. Now there had been a firefight up there the night before one of our other units hit an IED. Um, so there's like a bombed out seven ton and <clears throat> they were dropping mortars and there's all these holes and stuff, uh, crates in the ground, divots in the ground, uh, from impacts. And we get up there and I'm, and I'm climbing up here and my buddy, one of my senior Marines who I just happened to be in charge of, uh, Hebert, he's like, I'm going to get my pillow. I'm going to get my stuff. And I'm like, he was in Fallujah. And I just remember being like, Bert, we got to get to the top of the hill. And my Sergeant Tonto was like, you know, get Hebert, get to the top of the hill. And I'm like, yo, Bert, get to the top of the hill. And he's like, I'm going to get my pillow, man. And I just remember being like, dude, like you're my senior. Like, I don't want to like, I just, can you just do what I ask you? <laughs> I mean, like yeah. I'm in charge, man. Come on, man. You know? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, we gotta go. And he's like, dude, I'm getting my stuff. And we get up there and they drive off and, uh, they are gone and they're still gone. And the first day, the first night starts coming and we're just sitting there, man. And I'm sitting here on this hill and I got a picture of me up there and we're, hiding out in these craters <clears throat> and they leave a recon unit across so where there's an msr we're up on one big hill like a road road right msr yeah. supply whatever so then the recon units over here so we're feeling good because we got recon over here you know we gonna be all right and they're yeah. solid we're communicating everything's cool they're saying hey everyone's got to back clear back to the dam and then come back and um I just remember being like, okay, sweet. Well, this is kind of creepy, you know, like me and a bunch of 18, 19 year olds up here have to hold this hill. And, um, and, uh, after a little while, like later on that first night, the recon dudes are doing a patrol and boom, they roll over an IED. Um, they're, I want to say they're gunny. One of their, the leadership out there gets, a, loses a leg. They get medevaced and they all leave. And now, it's just me and my guys <laughs> holding this hill. We had to turn our radios off. We had to do everything. We had we literally were out there for about a week by ourselves. And uh, I just remember when it all started setting in and it's, you know, 100 and something in the daytime, dropping to 40 something at nighttime. And, you know, my guys are starting to get in fights because of the stress. And, uh, you know, we know the enemy's out there looking for us. We're the most forward unit we know of. We're hiding out in craters during the day, trying to stay low, not standing up, hiding so that they don't see us from down below. We're hearing voices, you know, at nighttime, we're hiding one up, you know, on 50%, you know, and we're just sitting there, me and my squad, man. And that week felt like my entire life. And I was, absolutely sure i was gonna die and i i remember we snuck down into the souk there's like a little souk little marketplace down at the bottom of the hill and we were just ravaging all the stores trying to find food and drinking mouge cola to survive which you know coca-cola don't hydrate you so it just it was an absolute nightmare there was like a chicken farm underneath one of the stores where all the chickens died and the smell was horrible and by the grace of God, we made it through that period of time. We were like burying our, we, we had one crate of water <clears throat> and we were burying it during the day to try to keep it warm, you know, putting our, our water in our socks, put a little water on the outside of the sock and spinning it around because it's so hot, trying to get it to cool off during the day while staying low and, and making sure we stay in the craters and stuff like that. And just waiting for the enemy basically to come up the, kill, the hill and uh, kill us because um, there's, you know, nine of us, my, it was a, it was a, less than a squad sitting up there. 
And um, that was one time in Iraq where I was, you know, I just thought I was going to die. I got hit by, you know, IEDs and stuff like that. But you don't get to think about that. That was just up there. And it was a real big exercise in mental discipline, mental strength, and being able to be an anchor amongst a team that was under extreme psychological pressure for an extended period of time. I got to see a lot about human human nature and watch guys attack each other um, and then found ways to unify guys uh, around getting us home, you know, and was able to keep a sense of humor during the whole thing. Um, and then I remember towards the end of the week, we see that seven ton coming down the street and that's Tonto. And I'll never forget it, man. In Marine Corps fashion, I'm like, turn on the little Peck 19 or whatever he had. And I'm like, Tonto, Tonto, this is Silverback. And yeah, my name, my call sign was Silverback. No one's racist in the Marine Corps. We just, we, we make fun of everybody. And I was like, Tonto, Tonto, this is Silverback. And he's like, what? And I'm like, what? Like, I just couldn't, I was so angry. I didn't even know what to do with myself. I'm like, I'm thirsty. He's like, Drink your piss, Rogers. We'll be there when we get when we get time. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> I can't believe he's been. And I just, but I was so glad to see him when they finally got us off that hill by ourselves. Um that was probably, yeah, that was that was a tough one. Yeah. It's it that's an interesting one. And I always find it interesting, uh the choice guys make in stories. And it's always where the unknown is sitting there and when there's and you said it you said it great and so have others where whether it's an ied or an ambush or you're just defaulting to training because you're forced into a position of reaction um you don't you don't have time to go oh this sucks you don't have time to think to yourself i'm scared or there's you know or worry about fear or anything it's when that anticipation of death moment right yeah. because we always you know you hear the saying right anticipation of death is worse than death itself and that's yeah. to me that's the story you just told and it's very familiar because i've when i've had other people tell their stories it's that moment when you're sitting in the unknown and your brain has time to spin right yeah yeah Thanks. that's good stuff and i like your lessons learned i really do that um you know big piece of it is probably patience and then learning how to teach patience to the guys that were getting irritable and mm -hmm. um and and like staring reality in the face you know like okay yeah. well we can die we can absolutely die up here right and if we get emotional uh we'll be less efficient and we'll be more vulnerable yeah. so like you've got to be on that spectrum of psychopathy like you have to be like i feel nothing right now i'm going to focus on the mission I'm going to smile in the face of this and I'm going to do a stinking good job. And if I die, if I got to die up here, guess what? I'm going to die like a man. I told my guys, I was like, pray to your gods, but you got to perform. Like, just get ready. They can come up here any minute. But for now, you got to perform and you decide how you got it. You're going to go if we're going to go. And it's just, I, I, it kills me when I see people run from reality. It's going to be okay. I hate it when I see a superhero in a movie everything's going to be okay. How do you know everything's going to be okay, homie? <laughs> people die every day, play, boy. I'm like, nah, bro. I have no idea what's going to happen. I just get to choose how I face what's going to happen. And that makes all the difference, right? And so yeah. that's kind of what I focus those guys on. Like, hey, man, how do you want to be remembered? You do this once in life. This is going to happen once in life. How do you want to be remembered? And if we have to die, let's die well. And until then, we're still alive. So be Marines, do good stuff. And, and let's be the stuff that legends are made of. And that was really what got us through. It was like, yeah, 
come to grips with it, bro. You can die. You signed on the dotted line. This was always part of the game. So mm-hmm. what to do until then? You want to, yeah. you know, you cry about it, you know what I'm saying? And make sure you drink water and change your socks. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, Don't forget your haircut, Marine. Don't forget your haircut. Right, right. It's amazing what they worry about when you're in war. It's the little things. <laughs> I guess. I don't yeah. know. God bless them. Yeah, I know. Um, good stuff. I like that. We will be right back after the break. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Moving into you, so did you always have like this uh, interest in psychology or did you kind of fall into it? Um, So I got out of the Marine Corps and... um. I've always been really sensitive, you know, I've always been really like able to kind of read people and pick up kind of the, uh, nonverbal cues and maybe intuitive and stuff. But then when I got out of the Marine Corps and, uh, you know, everyone started dying, you know what I'm saying? Like we came back from war and everybody started dying, you know, everyone started committing suicide. You know, I lost one of my best buddies last month. Yeah. And so I started just kind of thinking like, dude, we've lost more guys to suicide and, and these, you know, to, since I've been out than I did in combat. And so to me, it was like, we're still in a war. And so I really kind of went on a journey to try and uh, fight in that war. And that's when I wrote that book, Finding Meaning After the Military. And 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 I, and I also went on a real big kind of introspective journey. And, and I just realized that the tools we're using to navigate reality is really the issue. And um, what I think breaks my heart about the veteran is that we fail to use, man, we make, we become so amazing in the military. You know, we do so many things like things that are close to impossible. These are our normal tasks on a slow Tuesday. Then we get out. And since we have no marching orders, um, the, the, the weight of freedom, you know, the nonlinear nature of freedom, I, I think wrecks guys and crushes guys because freedom without responsibility is death and you get what you deserve you get what you do you get what what you deserve with your freedom and when you look in the mirror after a few months have gone by and now you got this gut and now you're this person that the former you wouldn't respect 
that's when the atrophy of identity happens. And that's when I think guys, they start to tap out. But the point is, I saw that we were in a war. I wanted to do something about it. Um, I, I And so I was always interested in it. So I did a lot of stuff in the realm of psychology. Then my Vogue Rehab kicked in because I did business for my bachelor's. And then my Vogue Rehab kicked in and they were like, you can't get another business degree. You have to do something that's vocation that you can get a job with a master's degree from. And then I was like, oh, no brainer, psychology. But I'd already gone through like Tony Robbins Institute and a few other things. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. That's a wealth of knowledge you got going on there. And yeah, I concur. It's like guys that go and pull off miracles, come <laughs> like, back and then kill yeah. themselves. We just yeah. last week had one of probably one of one of our more he's a pretty popular guy in the SEAL community yeah, uh, because of his story. And he, uh, you know, he'd been shot in one run 27 times. Right. <laughs> and and now he faced some kind of obstacle in life, you know, and I've heard rumors and it's not for here to talk about, but, you know, and then decided to end his life. And it just, it's like, doesn't make sense at all. You know, especially a guy who had been shot that many times in one run and survived to tell the story, which was a awesome, phenomenal story. And uh, so inspirational. And he's a, and he's a, and he was just a good dude, like just good, low key kind of humble guy, you know, what you expect. um a quiet professional and Mm -hmm. amazing yeah it's a it really is too bad and it's good that there's guys like you going out and kind of researching and taking it serious and providing the information you did with your book um and where is your book and they get that on amazon and yeah finding me after the military all over amazon on the website all that fun stuff but yeah yeah. we'll just we'll make sure we get that that tag somewhere in our stuff so that's it's good um where'd you grow up where, where are you from and what led you into the Marine Corps? Yeah, I um, you said Bahamas. But yeah, yeah, I was born in the Bahamas and I uh, grew up between Washington State and the Bahamas. So my dad was down there and mama was in Washington State. And um, man, that's an extreme. Do this, right. Opposites. So I do the summers <laughs> yeah. in the Bahamas, winters in Washington State and school and all that. And then uh, I ended up joining the Marine Corps uh, out of Washington State. And, um, yeah, I mean, I went to three, one straight from there, California Marine, and then got into private security at 21 years old, three months before I got out of the Marine Corps, I was in Israel going through passport control. And I was like, this is where I get arrested. <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> like I paid some guy I, I was EAS in. Right. So I was on post, you know, cycling out and I paid one of my boys. And I was like, yo, I need two, I need $200 a day. You take my post. I got to handle something for a couple of weeks, you know? And I just basically paid one of my buddies and I'm like in Israel going through passport control. Like, uh, some Marines are going to walk out of a black, a back office in Charlie's and arrest me in front of my client. Like, this is what's going <laughs> to I'm gonna hit the blotter. They never did. Thank God. But yeah, man. So I'm, I'm, you know, from the Bahamas and it's interesting. I think, I think having that immigrant uh, background really, really has, um, protected me in a lot of ways, you know, cause I got that immigrant mentality, man. When my boys say you're like a Jamaican working a million jobs, man, but Hey, I'm not that smart. So I got to work really hard. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the game, you know? Yeah. And that's a good philosophy. Even if you're smart, <laughs> yeah, work hard. Yeah. Um, and so a majority of, uh, the protection, executive protection lifestyle, what would you say majority of what you, I'm, I'm assuming like every business, I know I've done it. You've had to pivot several times. So 
those pivot points, what, what were the block of work you did? And then you pivoted probably into something else and then to something else. Yeah. So generally, what were the big chunks that you've been doing since you've started doing? Protection? Yeah, so I, um, I got just blessed. And, you know, it's just one of those stories I got to give God all the credit. I was literally getting out of the military. I wanted to be a cop. That didn't work out. And, um, you know, I said a prayer and miraculously got picked up from bouncing, you know, um, uh, and, and, you know, it felt like my heavenly father said, go here, bounce here. I'm going to make, you're going to be a bodyguard. You're going to travel the world. So I went and did it. And a guy walked in and was like, Hey, have him do it to his buddy. His buddy, uh, was like, Hey, come here. And basically they were like, go get these permits. I'm going to show you how to make a lot more money doing what you're, what you're doing. And it happened. And I went from playing flag football to the NFL. I ended up on the largest international detail, um, in California. We hit almost, we hit roughly 60 countries in the first year. Sounds unbelievable, but we lived on private jets and, um, I was 21 years old at that time. And, uh, I was with that client for seven years. So I grew up in this industry and like dog ears, people are like, I didn't choose the game. The game chose me. It's like kind of what happened, you know? So, um, international. And it's like a lot of guys go on tour, like, Oh, I'm with, I'm touring with this artist. I'm touring with that artist. This was a faith-based client. There was no tour. It was like, we're trying to get the gospel out all year long, you know, nine cities, 11 days, you know, uh, 11 cities, 14 days. And so that's kind of, and so I was just with that client for seven years straight. Um, and then, uh, I wanted to live a more normal life. So, you know, I stopped working with that client and I moved down to Florida. My father has a big security company in the Bahamas and I wanted to open up my own company and do some things down in Florida, started bouncing again, built my career back up to the top of that kind of EP industry, executive protection industry in Florida. So kind of rebuilt my career on the East coast. And then I ended up moving back to Cali, working with that same client and doing what we call domestic um, security contracting, AKA chasing the pager. So I started working with seven different companies and just getting emails and getting calls and building out my books a few months and just working every client demographic in the industry, you know, on repeat and kind of just picking what I want, you know, um, and I did that for a few years until ultimately um, you get that great white whale. You know, you find a client that really likes you, that you really vibe with. And um, I found that one. They put me in business that I want you to be my guy. We're going to put you we're going to put you in business and set you up. And they did. And that was the birth of my company in 2017, Bravo Research Group. Um, and, and then after that, I started really starting to do the PPO kind of operations and started to drill down on like. Uh, churches uh, and schools, some school stuff, uh, high net worth families. And that's really where I kind of like to hang out um, and, and high end structural protection, like guard services and corporate structures. I really like, um, you know, and that's kind of where I like to hang out with, you know, old money, high net worth families, uh, low profile clients, corporate clients, and then churches and schools I'm really passionate about. And I've been able to set up some, some really big churches and things like that. Cause that's my background. We would go all over the world. The uh, kind of evangelical missionary first client that I had would say, Hey, you got three hours to set up, a, to set this church up. We're going to be, we're right behind you. You got one or two days to set this venue up. We'd see a million people a weekend in some, some cases. Sometimes we'd see 800 people at a service. You know, the small ones are even more dangerous, but you know, I got that experience 
setting these security plans up internationally, seeing the inside of hundreds of churches. So that's really where I feel really comfortable. And then that translated into all the other stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, so now I'm guessing at this point, you're, you've got a lot of 1099s that you push out to churches and schools and they're providing good security, but it's all you kind of running it now. You're not actually doing it anymore or, or, or are you? Exactly. So I have, I have one family that I really am involved with and the rest of it is teams driving results through teams, baby. Yeah. Superior, you know, driving <laughs> culture, driving, making sure we have our training pipeline, making sure, you know, I, I want to be as advertised. My guy's got to be as advertised. And there's a lot in our industry of like, Oh, you got a cool background. Cool. You can do the job. Like, I don't know if you can shoot and I don't know if, you know, you have the social dynamics. I don't know if you have any emergency management planning acumen. Like I, but if you got a cool background, they put you out there. My company, I really try to do it differently, man. I really, I love veterans, but I know veterans sometimes it's been a while since y'all, since we've been training, you know what I'm saying? God bless you. And the quality of training, if you work with a special unit and you were like me, just a grunt, you know, you'll find better training out here in the civilian sector when it comes to a lot of things, a lot of things. So there's yeah. so much, if guys aren't continuing to learn, there's so much I I, you know, I try to fill those gaps with as, as a business owner and just as a protector, you know, with the integrity of saying, I'm going to keep your family safe. This guy's going to be here instead of me tonight. I just take that real seriously, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now it sounds like it. And that's much better than some of the, uh, well, I know every listener and myself have been to an event where there's somebody with a yellow windbreaker on that says security on the back, you know, she, she's probably 60 years old, right. Waving a wand on you before you walk into the stadium. But we all know that that person, you know, one, they're not really getting paid that much, you know, so you get what you get in security, you get what you you pay pay for in security. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, and you definitely don't want to be a company of, uh, you know, yellow windbreakers. I mean, because that's just that's just a false sense of security if I've ever seen it. You know, it kills me, man. When I'm walking in, I'm like, so I can't carry a weapon. You're you are taking responsibility <laughs> for my security. You and I yeah. just like, like, you know, and it's like you you can't be obese. You can't be pre diabetic and be expected to do this job. You know what I'm saying you yeah. can't. You need to be formidable. You are expected to outperform another human being if all your strategies fail. So I, you know, I, I really, with my brands, that's what I'm trying to do in our industry, raise the standard. So guys really take it seriously. And it's more than just a job. It's a lifestyle. You know, it's, it's what yeah, you do when you're no working, even as a dad, you know, it's what you do for yourself that makes it so you can serve those who you're called to serve. So that's yeah. the game. That's the aim, I like man. it. Well, because you have, you know, obviously a depth of knowledge and, in security, uh, and also the psychology piece. What what are the three you know big things you could give listeners that they can do to be a little bit more secure these days with your experience and the degree combined? That's awesome, man. I mean, I feel like certain words lose their potency because they get used too much, or because people don't really define them. <clears throat> and I'd say, you know. When it comes to living in a safe pattern of life, there's a few layers to consider, you know, like I find a lot of civilians are vulnerable because of their behaviors digitally. Um, and, you know, I, I've dealt with a number of different clients as a result of posting on social media, you know, we're on vacation in Mexico. Okay, cool. Check it out, dude. There's people running the hashtags for where you're at. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Now they know you're in Mexico on vacation. The ones there in Mexico and the other ones that might be in your neighborhood right now know that you're not home for probably a few days. So they can take their time and go over to your house and clean you out. You know, so when it comes to what I try to talk about a lot is living a safer pattern of life. And so what information you have out there online, <clears throat> but more importantly, your behaviors. Are you making your family your children, everyone vulnerable, uh, your home, making yourself vulnerable with your behaviors online. Um, And then the second thing I would want people to dive deep into is your um, situational awareness, but broken down, right? Like, you know, I break it down into three different sections, context, tactical positioning, rolling risk assessment, have a plan, right? Where am I going? I'm going to a party with some friends. Do you know everyone at the party? Context is important, right? So, or, or I'm, I'm, I'm about to go to my car from work. I'm inside the building. Context, it's nighttime. I'm about to walk outside going from my building to my car. That's a transitional space. This is where 80% of things happen. So maybe on that walk, I should be paying attention. I'm going to stop at a gas station on the way home. I should be paying attention. So I dial up my rolling risk assessment to maybe from a green to a yellow during these times. And I pay attention. Then tactical positioning. Where am I in this environment? As I hit that door jam, can I look through the windows as I go through there and see and get some visual mastery? Where am I seated in the environment? As I move through this environment, what do I need to pay attention to? And how can I keep my body in a place that gives me some tactical superiority? Um, And then rolling risk assessment. You're just assessing people around you and you're reading their body language, seeing if they're above the baseline at a gas station. Is everyone getting gas? Is everyone inside the convenience store doing what they should be doing at a gas station? Or are there anomalies doing different things, right? So um, this is kind of how I break it down simple context, tactical positioning, rolling risk assessment, and then have a plan. What are you going to do if you do see an anomaly and how are you going to deal with that? And that situation dictates, but faster than you foo is my favorite martial art. That's kind of, that's kind of, and then uh, (laughs) I was going to pick another one. You just back that stuff up with hard skills, you know, right. Um, Hard skills is, is medical and your combatives. You have a higher probability of needing medical skills uh, than you do of your Judy chop and your karate chop. You know, you could get in a car accident today. Your cousin, your obese cousin could have a heart attack. You should be in a restaurant. Someone starts having a heart attack and you're a dude. So everyone's staring at you. I don't know. But make sure you understand some medical. Make sure you understand some combatives and and, and work out and be physical. It's really important. So that's what I would say. Those are my three things. Yeah, I like them, man. Those are great. And they're backed by, obviously, experience, which, you know, is hard to come by sometimes. People, a lot of people are just bullshit through it. Or they go to chat, chat GPT and they just type it in. They're an expert overnight. You know what I mean? Hey, baby. Yeah, that's the yeah. new thing. <laughs> Very expensive, y'all. You know what I'm saying? So notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, great points. And, you know, I like to kind of flip it on people. It's like, okay, pretend you're you're the victim right now. What are you the victim of? What's the most likely thing you're the victim of? And usually it answers itself, right? It's not, oh, I got robbed, right? The odds of that man versus man thing, if you're not hanging out in stupid places at stupid times with doing stupid things, you're eliminating usually a lot of your violent crimes right out from the beginning. So if you're a victim, what is it you're most likely going to be a victim of? Oh, car accident. Okay. What are the things that could help you in a car accident? You always work. If you always work backwards with some of this stuff, the answers are so damn common sense and there, but you know, I like how you keep it simple because a lot of people want to complicate this world. 
You know, it's like it doesn't need to be security isn't complicated. Uh, Crisis management, which is what I do for a living, you know, for a bunch of companies and organizations. And same with you. I've got a lot of mega churches and private schools and building out their plans and making sure they're ready for the big five is, you know, you don't have to make it complicated. I, I remember looking at this business continuity plan that I had to end up rewriting. And uh, it was for a major healthcare company here. It was, you know, almost 200 pages of just almost, and it looked as if it was written by, written by an attorney, which by the way, attorneys know nothing about security, but yet for some reason, people hire them to write business continuity plans. Um, Anyway, I digress. Okay. Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. You can't just let me get out. Just let me make it simple, stupid. I'm right there with you. And I ain't that smart. So, you know. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't know. You're proven to be pretty smart. Pretty smart. Um, okay. So what are you, what are you doing now? What are you working on now? What's in the future for you? Bravo research uh, and everything else you yeah. got going. Anything, anything good? Well, we are working on, we're working on a lot, man. With Bravo research group. Um, I really am passionate about um, kind of doing more, getting back to my roots. We have some church clients. We have mega church out here in Cali and stuff like that. But there's one thing I know how to do. It's to help churches and schools use the assets they have to really build good security strategies. Um, and then obviously implement whatever they can afford, but there's a lot that they can do within their tribe usually. And so that's one of my thrusts that, and, you know, talking a lot about getting, getting professionals at our schools, you know, um, in my social media, I'm kind of thrusting into this space a little bit like, Hey, you know, maybe a teacher feels like they want to carry, but, um, I think a professional should, who has the training to do that and has a heart to do that. Um, I think there's really huge value add there, but I do know that all of the facilities in the world that have valuable things, people protect them with guns. That's what happens. And if our kids are valuable, we should learn from all the other people that protect all the other valuable things in the world, you know, like, right. So, and there's deterrence there. There's so much there. So Bravo research group, we're, we're, we're thrusting even more into that space. And I love it. You know, I'm a God fearing man. It means a lot to me to keep kids and people that want to worship safe, whatever denomination, but it just means a lot to me. So um, that's really what we're doing. Um, And then on the, my executive protection school side, the league of executive protection specialists, we've got digital courses. We've got the hard skills intensive where we teach professionals, you know, maybe you have a background, but it's been a while since you've done a medical and a shooting package and went through contact driving and been in a roll vehicle and ran through a vehicle barricade. Like we got to replace cars after these courses, you know? So that's like a, a refresher and training for a lot of people. If you're a civilian, get legit training. So that's one of my major thrusts through the league is creating high quality private security professionals. Civilians are invited because as a, as a private security professional, I'm just a civilian protecting civilians. These same tactics are awesome for dads and moms, you know, so oh, yeah. that's, we're getting GI bill funded. So that's huge. And then on the protector nation side, <clears throat> which is, you know, serving the whole protection demographic, <clears throat> that we've got the we've got the civilian protector series coming out level one through depending on where i want to stop online training for everyone you know i get moms and stuff that hit me up and they're like what can i do and i'm like you know what i'm gonna make something for that and 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 everyone to learn how to live a safer pattern of life but but this year you know we've got the protector symposium coming up and uh 
looking forward to having some special guests out there. Yeah. And, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to hanging with you. That'll be, that'll be fun. Um, yeah, you've got you got good stuff, and I like it. You're just spreading it out there, spreading the word, and making sure people have good education, backed by experience, that'll set them up for success when a good day goes bad. And that's, uh, I think, you know, a lot of us are in that space doing it in our own way. And uh, so far, man, you're uh, you're crushing it. I love it. Um, well, you know what? Before we get into what, can you read that from there? Can you read that? What does that say? Can you survive this podcast? <laughs> this is, this is <laughs> your scenario. This is your scenario. All right. Um, but before we get there, let's stop for one second. Let's plug a couple of things. So you got the book. It's on Amazon. Uh, what else do you, what, what, what are websites and stuff you got going? Yeah. A lot so of them, I think. I remember looking, I was like, holy shit, you got a lot of websites. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot going on. <laughs> so you, you can find everything at my main website, Byron Rogers, R-O-D-G-E-R-S uh, dot com. But Protector Nation is the first social media platform for protectors. It's just all protection um, content, oh, nice. everything that I've got. Um, you'll start seeing all the other things. We have the whole Protector Symposium library there, which we're on our sixth iteration. It's like 30 some different presentations there on different topics and you meet everyone and you get on the board and you start talking and networking. Um, awesome. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's such an, it's such an, I love watching this thing for them. Um, and then you've got, you know, my podcast, the executive protection lifestyle podcast facing the private security industry, protector nation podcast facing everyone else. Um, and then you've got epspecialist.com. That's for guys wanting to get into the private security industry. I don't care your background. I care who you are and what you are willing to do to become a legitimate protector. And that's where we teach you the hard skills and the soft skills, both online and in person. And then we get you in the industry. We do our career with you. I mentor you. It's super dope to be scientific. And then the final thing is um, Bravo Research Group. You know, that's bravoresearchgroup.com. And that's where you find out about our security products. And if you have a need, it's an honor for us to serve. Absolutely. Awesome. Man, that's a lot. How do you juggle all that? I don't know. <laughs> it's a great juggle. job. Just juggle. I, I Just wake juggle. up at 4 Yeah, yeah. I'm juggling, baby. I wake up at 4 a.m. and go to bed at 11. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. People ask me all the time, like, how do you do all that stuff? I'm like, what do you mean? There's people doing far more, and you're one of them. Good job. Well, I think when it's purpose-driven, like, I looked at your yeah. stuff. Your stuff is, man, I like, you're doing all the same more than I'm doing, you know? So you, it's, you, I think, yeah, I think... I think we all just, uh, yeah, you just keep, I always relate it back to psychology a little bit, right? If you, uh, you had a fucked up childhood or you come from a broken family, you're constantly in competition with yourself and, yeah. uh, you're, you're always trying to prove to yourself that you're worthy. I'm worthy. I'm, you know, you're not saying it. You're not really even talking about it. It's just, it's not, I don't, I don't, I'm not looking at anyone else or trying to compete with anyone else. I'm just always trying to prove to myself that I can do these things, yeah. whatever, whatever, the, whatever they are, you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel, I feel like that's, you know, at least from the special operations point of view, when you ask a bunch of those kind of guys, number one, is your parents still married? Most of them go, nope. <laughs> nope. And number two, they're constantly striving for whatever the next thing is, right? Yeah, baby. Don't even spend time. You you can achieve the one thing, and then you're like, okay, within seconds, you're like, okay, I'm done with that. Move on to the next thing. Yeah, <laughs> conquest, baby, conquest, yeah. man. That's the game, yeah. and that's what I think saves our lives. 
you got to find your new fight. A lot of yeah. guys you don't find your new fight. Your fight will find you, man, on the couch. And that's when dudes tap out. I, For me, this is this is me dealing with PTSD. I'm yeah. at war. Wake yeah, up yeah, in the morning, yeah. I go to freaking war to become no. better, to serve. You know, and I, I think that's, you know, you can become special forces. Man, you can wreck shop out here in this world. You know what I'm saying? You go to war, you come out here, you should be dominating, man. That's so right. I, that's right. No, I think you're right. That's uh, a lot of truth right there. A lot of truth. Okay. Without further ado and stay on my timeline. Okay. <laughs> and now we got it. No, it's okay. It's all good. It's just me. It's OCD. I fold my toilet paper. All right. We're going to put you through a little scenario here. And the beauty of this is you get to show off your knowledge, right? You're going to talk through the options I give you, but you still got to pick an option. And I'll tell you ahead of time. <laughs> Just because you think you got the right answer doesn't mean it's the right answer for the game. Okay? <laughs> it, is right, a, right. it is a game. All right? Okay. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. I'm at the Matrix now. <laughs> we will be right back after the break. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. You are hanging out with stupid people at the stupid time of night in a stupid place, and you find yourself kidnapped, all right? <laughs> now, you don't know what happened other than you wake up in a dark, cold room with no memory of how you got there, okay? Oh, wow. yeah, you, hear, you hear footsteps outside the door. First question. Do you, A, stay quiet and assess the situation, or B, yell for help. <laughs> I'm going to stay quiet and assess the situation. They start out easy. Good job. So far, <laughs> all right, all right. so far, you're surviving. The person in the house leaves without noticing that you're awake. Okay. You have a chance to look around and see if there's anything you could use to help you escape. Okay. Do you, A, look for a weapon, or B, search for a way out? Look for a way out. Why? Why? <laughs> Why, though? <laughs> uh, because I, I, I mean, I'm looking for both simultaneously, but I think... Yeah, that's why it's tough. That's why it's tough. Yeah. Right. The most important thing is going to be escape um to me uh if i can get the restraints off that's also a priority but i think if i find a weapon and i and i lose that opportunity to possibly slip away um 
you know, the, every second you're in a secondary place, if they take you from one place and you end up in the second place, your survivability drops like 80%. If I'm in that second place and someone may have left the house and I might have a chance to escape, I think escape becomes a priority for me. Um, and if I steal a weapon along the way, awesome. But um, getting out of the situation takes the risk way, way down. Finding yeah. a weapon, I'm still in the lap of risk. And, totally uh, agree. Totally agree. You have to escape as soon as possible. Uh, in this scenario, you, you don't know how many people there are, right? You don't know what you're about to face when you decide to escape. So, unfortunately for you, <laughs> hey, you got to look for a weapon. You got to have okay. something. We're looking if for you weapons. Have it. You're looking for the weapon because the story gets fun. So you got to have the weapon for the story. Okay. Let's see. All right. You find a long, a long, sharp piece of glass that you can use as a weapon, but you're not sure what to do next, so your options are A, wait for the kidnappers to return and confront them, or B, keep the weapon with you and now search for a way out. Oh, no. I make use of the time. I keep the weapon with me and I search for a way out. Exactly. Yes. So you've got your weapon. Now you're searching for your way out because there's a lot of unknown variables once you get outside this room. Preparing yourself as best as possible is key. So you go ahead and start searching the room and you find a small window. And I say that to you, a small window that you can fit through. But those two things don't go together because I've seen you. I saw you in <laughs> Vegas for the first time. You are not small. Small window does not work for you. <laughs> but I'm a Marine. They jam us in all kinds of places. <laughs> but you do find a small window. All right. Yeah. Um, do you escape through the window or just prepare to fight when they come back? I'm definitely going to try to escape through the window if I can. <laughs> yes. All right. So, yes, you try to escape the window, uh, but it's locked. Okay. okay. Simple. A simple issue. Simple issue, but it's locked. Yeah. No big deal. So, do you break the window with an object you find in the room or search the room for another way out? Hmm. Uh, um, I would make sure that breaking the window was my best option so i'd search the room for another way out like was my like if i'm gonna break the window i want to be like i gotta break the window if there's another way out i'm looking around to see if i can find another way out because if you break the window everyone and their baby mama knows you're coming out now and as far as i know i'm still like tied up and running around here with a piece of glass in my back pocket <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> and what would you uh what else would you search for do you think as far as ways out i mean Anything come to mind? You're in a room. It's cold, wet, dark. I mean, is the door locked? That's really about the only other. Is there an addict? Is there a you know way Call to get spaces? Roof? Okay, good. Yeah, and that's the stuff I want everyone to hear. Is you know usually there is another way out. You know, mm -hmm. and that's where um, that's where people feel like it's just like the end, and they give up, yeah. and they just wait for what's next and they don't create what's next for themselves and that's key in these situations mm -hmm. um but poor byron you know what you tried to you tried to break the window okay okay for this go, game go, you tried go, to break go, the window. windows today baby. because a lot yeah because a lot of times you know these these scenarios we put the wrong thing because we want people to hear how bad it can be right mm -hmm. all right so you break the window 
And unfortunately for you, <laughs> it sets off an alarm. Oh, great. <laughs> Faster than you and so uh, and so your uh, your kidnapper returns before you can escape. Poor you, poor you. Oh, oh, yes. I hope people are listening to this going, no, I would not do that because that's <laughs> that is the goal. All right. So, do you now? You're kind of you know they cut the bad guys back. You're gonna a fight or b try to reason. Try bad guys reason. back. We're fighting. We're, Good. We're, we're going straight. <laughs> we passed all the little the the lines of departure. We the the line of do not return. I'm fighting for my life. Hopefully, it's the right bad guy. <laughs> yeah, you're going. You're going. You're going into the fight. But I gotta ask. So, if you've been, did you ever get a chance to go through any of the seer schools or the hostage no. schools? So, but... yeah, there is. There's this uh, that like circle of life kind of attitude when being held hostage or prisoner, and it is to build rapport. Right, yeah. build rapport is key. Make yourself human. That way, the person that's holding you sees that and it makes it a lot more difficult for them to potentially hurt you or do whatever's coming next. So there is a place for reasoning because now you're kind of getting into that social engineering human element with the, your captor. And by the way, when you're being held prisoner, guess what? Your captor is now prisoner as well, right? Most of the time, they're having to now sit there all day. They're, they can't really do much. They can't really go too far because they don't want you to get away. And that's why sometimes reasoning and being human uh, can work to your advantage. But for this scenario, yes, you are correct. You are going to fight. You're going to fight. And you fight back hard. But the kidnapper overpowers you. I'm sorry. So do you a keep fighting? Put on the good fight, right? Put on the big fight. They empower you. Keep going. Keep going. Or B, save your energy and now try to reason with the kidnapper. What do you think? Nah. I mean, I mean, (laughs) I mean, I'm fighting. We're fighting. We're going to really, really fight, man. I'm going to go all the way. Yeah, Um, because overpowering is temporary, right? 100%. Yeah, I mean, that's what I There's going to be a gap in a. There's going to be a gap. Maybe you overpowered me momentarily. I may not win initially, but I'll win eventually. And I'm going to be looking for that opportunity when he's got to try to get me restrained again, when he's got to do all the things that really would give him total dominance. They're all opportunities to continue fighting all up and down the spectrum. Right, right. Well, let's see what your answer is. It really doesn't matter what reasoning you give. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yep, you keep fighting. Yes, you are doing good. You're still you're still surviving this podcast. Believe me, you've only missed two. It's a, it's you're at an eighty percent though, so you don't okay. have much flexibility left. Okay, all right, you keep fighting. The kidnapper finally retreats. Oh. You just you just you're whooping his ass. You're whooping his ass, Byron. I'm so what proud of you. Do. So now you have a chance again to escape. All right, so do you? Stick around and just keep beating the kidnapper, or go ahead, B, escape while you can. Um, just for G, just for GP, we whooped that kid. And I was like, we we escape while we can, man. We get away. Gotta remember. I mean, 
I mean, like I, Marine Corps versus versus executive protection. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. the mission is not, you know, eat souls and then sacrifice generations of them. No, <laughs> we need to protect people and leave. Like, That's get out. Right. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, and I always tell you, you know, influence enough pain necessary to escape, even though you might want to stick around. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it, you know, it is fun. Violence is fun. Um, okay. Yes, you escape while you can. You run, and you're running. You're running. You don't even know where you're running. But unfortunately, you run right into a dead end. Okay? All right. You run into a dead end. <laughs> and... Uh, and, and a little bit of time goes by while you search, like, where the hell am I? Where am I going? Okay, there's no other way out. And now the kidnapper has caught up to you. Okay? Great. Here's the best part, though. In the in the fight, you cut him. You cut him pretty good, right? You had a piece of glass, yeah. right? And uh, you notice that he is just leaking a lot of blood. I mean, a lot, right? Like a timer amount? Gonna oh, go. yeah. We're talking Maybe like... Timer we're Yes, it's a timer for sure. It's bright red and frothy, right? Um, so, do you A, keep the fight going, increase his heart rate and his loss of blood, or, yeah. or B, try to reason with him and just wait for him to bleed out? Now, I'm accelerating him. Uh, because until he's extinguished, I just don't... I don't feel safe. So, um, yeah, if he's already expiring and he is still cornering me and he still knows my location and he could be communicating with people, I want to take him out of the equation. That is correct for this game. <laughs> hey, keep the fight going, increase his heart rate and his loss of blood. And uh, yes, you have survived the kidnapping and you survived this podcast, buddy. Good job. Outstanding, outstanding. Hey, I'm going and to the big take. The, the big <laughs> takeaway to this, people, yeah. okay? And you can add to this, Byron. I want your, your advice is number one, as soon as you get kidnapped, you want to escape, no doubt about it. If it's a trunk of the car, in the back seat, wherever it's at, first stop sign, you're trying to get away. You do not want to get to the final destination because the duct tape and the zip ties turns into handcuffs, chains, and locks. Yep. Um, so always escape as soon as you can. Um, and then when it comes to everything else after that, you really got to know your level of capability uh, and what you can and can't get away with. Because a lot of times the choices I gave you, Byron, uh, these are, you know, these are life and death choices, life right. and death, right? The fight or reason, right? Now, if you're not someone who doesn't fight or train or, or even think about these scenarios, but you might have the gift of gab, right? Reason may be something. What else would, I mean, Byron, what else would you add for the listeners on a situation like this? I think it's it's you really have to make calculated decisions and you need to have just enough fear to make you perform, you know, uh, but you yeah. got to make sure you don't get frozen, you know, in that fear. And I think that's a lot of what this is like when you're in that room, like looking for a way out or searching for a weapon, you need to be as sober minded as possible, controlling your breathing and actually thinking, not panicking, you know, and. And so your decision, you're going to live or die by those decisions. And so what I'd be focusing on is, you know, making sure that I'm calm, I'm thinking, and I'm making high quality decisions. When it's time to fight, we're going 
all the way to the hill. Like this is, I am fighting for my life. I want to achieve the highest level of violence, the highest level of violence imaginable um, with a level of sober mindedness, uh, knowing exactly what I'm there to do um, and dominate this human being. My life depends on it. And then the second that that's not the goal, I'm doing the next thing like my life depends on it. Jetting for the door, running through the window, whatever it is. Um, that's right. And 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 so that's that's what I think people should focus on in a situation like this. And what you said is 100% correct. They try to take you on the streets, make them shoot you on the streets. Because if you get from the handcuffs, the zip ties and the duct tape back to that second location, you are now, your survivability plummets. And now you're in a tough situation. And I have been in a situation in another country where I had to get out of a house. And I remember getting to the street and I was like, I mean, I remember we mapped this, but I don't know where the heck I am. So like right. you might escape the house in yeah. Mexico. Now you've got to get home and you're still in their AO. That's so right. That's right. Escape and evasion. There's more chapters to this game. So you, it's a thinking man's game. It is no doubt about it. And when you look at the history of some of the women who have actually escaped captivity, they were smart. Like most of them did not fight. Most of them completely deceived you know, their captor and escaped when he, when he wasn't looking. Right. Um, which one was it? Was Elizabeth smart? Right. She, uh, she, I think one of them was held captive for years and she, it took her literally took her years to build the rapport and then finally get the hell out of there. And I can't remember which story it was, but there's a bunch of stories that more of them are all about using your brain and using what skills, you know, you're good at, Versus going into fight mode and potentially getting killed. And I tell people all the time, you know, if, yes, if you're taking severe blows to the head, you're outgunned, you're outnumbered, then by all means, you better fight for your fucking life because no one is going to be there to save you or do it for you. Um, and then there's those situations where, you know, OK, I'm not quite good at all that. Then, sure, you got the gift of gab and that can help, too. And a lot of times with these women who've escaped, that's what they that's what they leverage. But know your capability. Yeah, like I I. I, I... I'd say like personal protections about the person. Self-defense is about the self. You've got to know your capabilities. I've spent my entire life being a, trying to be a physically potent human, you know? And yeah, so yeah. my go-to is going to be, you know, is going to be probably a physical option. But if you don't have those, it's just like force options. It's like, you know, when do you implement a force multiplier versus me? Well, I go in the right situation. I can play around a little bit. I'm about 240 pounds. I can reason with someone. I can take a little bit of damage while I like, calm them down or hold them or whatever, you know, and, and that's, that's taking chances. I can get shot and stabbed too, but my decision to implement a tool is based on my physical potency and my competence, a uh, 110 pound female, her yeah. d- decision-making the continuum is completely different. Right. Of course, he's got 70 pounds on here. Easy. You're going to have to want to implement those force multipliers sooner. And in these situations, the tool you have available more than likely is going to be becoming human, building rapport, um, and maybe even um, doing things to let them make them let their guard down to create an opening for you to be able to escape, which is, yeah, what we see a lot in these situations with females. Yeah. You know? And also yeah. the females have that element of surprise. I mean, you, we've all seen those those videos where the, the shooter comes in and he's, you know, going for this guy and the females right next to him with a person. She's like. Bop, bop, bop. <laughs> you know, because people don't <laughs> see women as combatants. 
No, so if not you at all. Get prepared with something, and you do bring them in close. You know, you need to know where to put that blade, or you need to know what to do. So, yeah, yeah. you know you. That's, That's right. You. That's right, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. And uh, well, hey. I appreciate you coming on the show, sharing all your knowledge, wisdom, and experience. I mean, it's uh, obviously, it's uh, it's a wealth. And I thank you for everything you've done, your service, and everything that you continue to do. And I appreciate you taking the time out to come on the show today. And uh, yeah, thanks and be good out there, buddy. Heck yeah. It's such an honor. Thanks so much for having you. I'm having me. I remember seeing your book in you know, one of my mentor's offices, you know, when I was like growing up in the industry, being like a hundred a hundred deadly skills <laughs> you know and like looking at a mountain like oh, we got to climb the whole thing like this is so much knowledge man. So <laughs> your contributions are awesome you're oh, legend. You know, uh, I, I look forward to everything thank you uh, sir thank you buddy you definitely know a lot a lot more than me and keep it that way okay keep it that way all right uh and for my listeners like i always say keep it simple because crisis will complicate the rest and be safe out there till next time i'm out Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.